Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. You can find all of my written reviews there, almost 4,000 of them, at Quipster.net. That's Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. I'm very excited to talk about the film that I'm going to be doing today. It's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I was a huge fan of the first one and definitely something... I have been looking forward to as one of the films to look for this year for a really entertaining time. It's a science fiction, action, comedy, hybrid. It's PG-13 rated for sequences of sci-fi action and violence, language, and brief suggestive content. The runtime is 2 hours and 16 minutes. The main stars are Chris Pratt with some supporting roles going to, of course, Kurt Russell, as you would know from... All of the advertisements, Dave Bautista, Zoe Saldana, Karen Gillan, Bradley Cooper provides the voice of Rocket Raccoon, Michael Rooker, Palm Clementif, Elizabeth Debicki, and Vin Diesel's voice in this as well. Sylvester Stallone has a small supporting role as well. And there are quite a few more cameos in here I won't ruin, but the director is James Gunn, who also writes the screenplay. So with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, we up the action quite a bit. We also up the CG components, and that makes Volume 2 go down pretty easily for fans of the first film, even though it's not quite really on the same footing in terms of its story pacing or in balancing the tone of the mean-spiritedness in some of the comic violence with some of the levity of the sillier shenanigans. The effort here is obviously not trying to take things into any sort of new direction so much as to try to outdo the first film in nearly every facet that viewers tended to enjoy, it succeeds for the most part. Those levels of sadism and the violence and some of that dialogue do sour the film from being unabashed enjoyment on a few occasions, at least for me, but I do think that the film's assets greatly outweigh any of the things that you could knock it for. So once again, written and directed by James Gunn, the second volume is finding Peter Quill, Chris Pratt's character, also known as Star-Lord, at least that's what he wants other people to call him. He and the gang are getting their bacon saved by someone who is more than a man, so it seems, named Ego, played by Kurt Russell. Ego claims to be Peter's father, which really throws Peter for a loop and bears further investigation, and despite some skepticism due to Ego's seeming abandonment of him at an early age, Peter's invited to join Ego on the latter's own Eden-like planet called, of course, Ego's Planet, where he must periodically return in order to keep it alive. He resides there only with his assistant, an empath named Mantis, played by Clementif. Meanwhile, there's a powerful golden-skinned race called the Sovereign who are out to retrieve some stolen and highly valuable batteries from Rocket Raccoon. There's a fleet of Ravagers on the hunt, and that also will signal the comeback of Yondu back into the life of Peter. Some of this seems to be setting up for the inevitable third Guardians of the Galaxy movie more so than one that seeks to resolve itself in this one. And that will lead to a little bit more of a sloppy plot in this effort than you found in the relatively simple and breezy first entry. In that said, I do still think that this property is still a good standalone effort in its approach to storytelling. You don't really have to watch all of the other Marvel films, at least not as of yet, to fully understand and appreciate the Guardians of the Galaxy films. It doesn't spend much time in any of the characters that are pre-established in any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe properties, even though they may allude to them from time to time. 
Now, in this case, themes of family do abound, and it really comes back to the notion that just because someone's related to you by blood, that doesn't really mean that they have your well-being at heart. On the converse, sometimes it's those very people who are not related to you, not at all, that have your back the best. In addition to the father-son dynamic between Quill and Ego, we get more of the conflict-filled relationship between sisters Gamora and Nebula. Rocket Raccoon also confronts his own troubled upbringing through this film, and there's a resolution of the abductor-slash-stepfather Yondu's relationship with Peter. Perhaps there are two or three story threads a bit too many for the film to maintain proper focus all the way through, but I do think that James Gunn keeps the interest through his ability to draw some very funny and sometimes touching moments amid some of the lesser-developed bits. There are a lot of sight gags here, very fun cameos, scatological humor that you might expect. Your mileage is certainly going to vary on the turd jokes. Pop culture references from the 1980s. There's a whole new soundtrack of 1970s radio-friendly hits that set the tone of the storyline. Some of them very directly, such as Looking Glass's 1972 hit Brandy, You're a Fine Girl, whose lyrics get quoted by Ego in this film and really draw out some of the themes of this film. The rest of the soundtrack, which ranges anywhere from Fleetwood Mac to Cat Stevens, it strikes just as resonant a chord with the vibe of what's going on from scene to scene, and that really does deepen a film that could have just as easily ridden merely on eye candy spectacle and humor alone. Drax, in particular, as far as the humor goes, drums up some pretty good laughs here. Every time that Dave Bautista spoke in this film with his unfiltered statements that he makes and his boisterous reactions to some of the shenanigans, those moments really do liven up some of the darker, more serious moments that bubble up as the film draws to a conclusion. As I mentioned earlier, the eye candy is definitely here. It's a little too much sometimes. The characters do get drowned out by the overly busy effects work. There are extended action sequences which go on beyond their need for pushing forward the story elements. The final cataclysmic battle in particular is going to test the patience of even some avid fans to adhere strict attention to it beyond the vividness of the color schemes and the overall prolonged destruction that they see. Nevertheless, I do still think that there is more here than just excess. Even a few touching poignant moments are thrown into this cacophony. Some of these moments really do hit the spot. Others seem to miss the mark in terms of the interest that we might find in the characterizations. The characters here are still pretty wafer thin, and they really only have two speeds that we get to see. They're either, on one hand, obnoxiously yelling, or on the other hand, they're completely silent to one another. It's not really a film that expresses itself through subtle nuance very often. It barely stays on the right side of PG-13, I should also say, sometimes because of that violence I was speaking about earlier. And the, the gags are also repetitive. They're really rehashes of a lot of the things that we, that we laughed about in the first film. But luckily for us, I do still think that those aspects are enjoyable, even if the volumes crank to the max most of the time. Now, higher expectations are going to factor in as to whether you, as the viewer, are going to feel this follow-up continues to be the upper-tier Marvel, or maybe it falls just short and becomes kind of in the middle of the pack. For me, it's really close. I, I won't score it quite as high as the first film, but I, I am happy to report that I do think that the chemistry of the film is still there in terms of the character interactions as well as the humor and the blend of 
uh, action sequences as well. Even with the addition of a lot of new characters into the mix, it all adds to a very fun vibe overall. It's still very infectious, and you'll have your feet tapping to the tunes as explored in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It's not as fresh in its ideas as the dynamic breakthrough, but I do think that the intergalactic party that James Gunn provides continues here. It makes for yet another fun, irreverent ride for Marvel fans as well as those who just like the Guardians of the Galaxy as a standalone property. I think the goods are delivered here with some overhead. It's a real borderline call for me. I am wavering between giving this film a three and a three and a half out of four stars. You know, as I often mention when I have borderline calls, my rule of thumb is to give the lower of the two grades on a first time watch, but I can guarantee you I will see this again before it leaves theaters. And if I do happen to like it just as much or more, I will kick it up to three and a half stars. But for right now, I will give it three stars out of four. And three stars out of my scale means those who are inclined to like this kind of movie are probably going to like this movie. Even some may even love the movie. Those who are not enchanted by the first film may not really find anything here that's going to turn them around on the property at all. And those who don't really like these overblown popcorn flicks, this movie is pretty much indicative of that kind of thing. I do think that it's one of the better ones and likely we'll see this year. So I also want to mention for those of you who are wondering, stay through the entire end credits. There are actually a handful of extra scenes throughout the credits and a lot of little Easter eggs here and there. So you definitely want to stick around for that all the way through to the very end if you want to catch all of that. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you enjoy my podcast, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button and you'll continue to get all of my reviews as they come out throughout the course of the year. If you want to get all of my reviews, you'll also want to subscribe to the In Session Film Podcast because I join JD and Brendan on their extra film segments of that show. And I do reviews there exclusively in podcast form for that show. So if you want to get all of the reviews, you'll also want to subscribe to that. You can also find all of my reviews in written form on my website. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net.